Hi friends, welcome to the Mobile Bev Pros podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing mobile bar professionals with the information they need to succeed. I'm your host and fellow mobile bar owner, Sarah Murphy. Each episode, I'll be bringing you interviews, knowledge, anecdotes, or opinions with the goal of assisting you in building a profitable, sustainable, and scalable mobile bar business that will support the lifestyle you dream of. I'm excited for today's episode, so let's get started. Today on the podcast, not only do I have Don, COO and Chief Alchemist of Mobile Bev Pros, but I also have the newest member of our team, Emily Deano, who has taken over as the Community Enchantress, title TBD, for Mobile Bev Pros. Welcome, Don, and welcome, Emily. So glad to be back here with you, Sarah, and so excited to have Emily on the team. Thank you both. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm more excited than all of you put together because it just feels so good to be supported and to know that as our community grows, there is more support for them as well as it was starting to get a little tight in the mobile dev pros sphere with only me to support and to answer all of those questions. And recently we have both Emily and Dawn in the Facebook group helping out. And I'm excited for our podcast topic today. We're going to talk about mobile bev pros, where it is, where it came from and where it's going it's been about four years since I first made that little Facebook group, and we are leaps and bounds from that humble beginning, and we have really big plans for the future. And so I'm excited to share all of that with our listeners. And this is actually inspired because you had mentioned something earlier in our team meeting about how the name for Mobile Bev Pros even came about. You said that you were going back and forth with a couple of different names and what actually made you land on the name Mobile Bev Pros? It was 2017. I had started my mobile bar less than a year before that. And I was seeking a community of people who really understood what it was like to own a mobile bar for a variety of reasons. One, it's very lonely as an entrepreneur, period. But also when you're in a niche like mobile bars, back in 2016 especially, there were plenty of caterers, there were plenty of food trucks, but there wasn't really anybody that could talk about the idiosyncrasies specific to our niche, carrying around 300 pounds of ice, kegging cocktails, solving weird problems. So I was looking for my community. And I could not find one. And so I had hired a social media person at the time. I'd never started a Facebook group. I didn't even know how to do it on Facebook. So she had to do it for me, but she wanted to know what to name it. And I was thinking about it and I'm like mobile bar or whatever. And at the time, mobile bars weren't a real thing. I mean, they were a thing, but the term mobile bar wasn't widely known. And so if you said mobile bar, people didn't know what that was. You had to further explain, we're a bar on wheels or whatever that looked like. And so she, who was not from the mobile bar industry, kind of struggled with the name mobile bar. And so she's like, well, maybe bartenders. I'm like, no, but we're not just bartenders. I'm a bartender and I'm having very different problems than I did as a bartender being a mobile bar owner. Ultimately, I came up with mobile beverage, something or other. And I'm like, that's too long. There's a lot of letters in beverage. So I just shortened it to Bev with a little period at the end of Bev. So people knew it stood for something more. And then pros. At first she said, well, bar is shorter. And I was like, I don't want to exclude people who aren't serving alcohol. I think it's important for coffee entrepreneurs to have a space as well. 
Now there's a bunch of Facebook groups for mobile coffee. There might've even been at the time, but I was very adamant that I wanted coffee to feel like they had a space at the table. And pros was really important to me because I was looking for the people in the industry who were doing things legally above board and were committed to excellence. There are a lot of people out there who, and especially at the time, who would identify themselves as bartenders and then would take weddings because they had the availability. They'd say, I'm a licensed bartender, I'm a TABC, I'm in Tennessee, it's called TBC. So I can sling drinks for you at your event. And I wanted a space for the people that were willing to go above and beyond just that I'm a bartender and I can sling drinks. And they were ready and committed to making it a business, which required taking the mindset around what you did every week to a different level. You wanted to have insurance. You wanted to do things correctly. You didn't want to sell alcohol illegally. You wanted to do all the things necessary to be a industry leader. And so pro to me is the differentiation between a hobby bar and someone who is doing this fully fledged business. Yeah. And today you ran day one of your luxury pricing challenge. You had mentioned this pretty early on. If you're doing this as a hobby, this isn't the space for you. And so how do I know really, and you touched on that, that I'm doing it legally and I'm doing it above board and I'm going above and beyond to be an industry leader. But is there something that really sets me apart as a pro versus a hobbyist or, or just what you've already mentioned there? Yes, there are a number of things. And I've asked myself a number of times over the years, if someone were to ask me, what does it mean to be a pro? And that has evolved over the years, but I've narrowed it down to six things that if you're doing these six things, then you can check off being a pro. The first thing is profitable. Which is what we were talking about today in our luxury pricing challenge was if you are not profitable, and I don't just mean you paid a dollar for something, so you're charging two for it. I mean, you've paid a dollar for it, but you've also factored in the labor that it requires, all of the hidden costs of running a business, and you still have money left over. That level of profitable. If you're profitable, if you're visible, and you can't be an industry leader if no one knows who you are. Not, I mean, you just can't. You can, it doesn't mean you can't have a, a good, solid business. I've met a number of mobile bar owners who literally just work for one venue and they're making fine money, but you're not a pro at that point. But what if that one venue goes out of business or replaces you? Then your business is gone, right? So if you're not visible, if you're not out there in the industry and people know who you are and, and what you do and how you serve and how to book you, then you're not a pro. Scalable. If you're not scalable, then you're not a pro. If you're not able to take on more than two or three events in a day for various different reasons. Now, if you're currently at capacity at three events a day, but you could, if you scaled up by pulling these levers, be at five events a day, and you know what those levers are, then you're a pro. You just haven't scaled. But if you don't know how to scale, if your business isn't set up to scale, then you're not yet a pro. Number four is technological. <laughs> if you're not using tech in your business to reduce the amount of manual effort and also aid in scalability, then you're probably not considered in my definition, a pro. 
doesn't mean you can't get there. It just means that you're not there. And I've worked with a number of people one-on-one -on -one who had been very resistant to automation and technology. And we were able to very easily get them on the path because there are so many options now. But if you're having to wear all those hats and do it yourself, you're not putting yourself in a place where you can scale or even maximize your effort. There's a lot of things that I find business owners spend a lot of their time doing that are below their pay grade, frankly, that technology can do. And so like it should be doing it. Then the fifth thing is dependable. That's kind of an obvious one, but if someone books you and you don't show up, I mean, we've all heard the horror stories, right? We've probably even gotten people who like in an SOS have called us and been like, hey, my bar company didn't show up, hasn't been responding to my emails, said that they were going to do these things and now can't do those things. That's an indication of a company that just wasn't showing up as a pro. And if you're not dependable, if you don't do what you say, if you aren't good for your word, then you're not a pro. And then lastly is legal. If you are doing anything illegally, that means you're selling alcohol, you're delivering in states that don't allow you to deliver. If you're passing on the cost of alcohol through your bank accounts, even though you don't have a liquor license to your client, if you're 1099ing all of your staff instead of W2ing them, despite the fact that Every state and the federal government has made it very clear that bartenders that work for bar companies are not contractors, they're employees, then also not yet at the level of pro. But I mean, there is good news at the end of this and that there wasn't and hasn't been any place on the internet that was telling people exactly how to be a pro. And so that's where I felt like because nobody was doing that, and it isn't easy at first glance to figure this out because laws are everywhere and regulations are everywhere and none of it is easy to understand. That's where Mobile Bev Pros fits in, that we actually provide that pathway, that education, that information, that community, the coaching, all of that so that people don't have to guess and they don't have to flounder. There's a single place, a single resource out there where you can go and you can get the information to figure out exactly how to be profitable, visible, scalable, technological, dependable, and legal. And so for those who are listening, who are feeling like, oh shit, I am a hobbyist and I really do want to be an industry leader. I really do want to dominate in my area and I want to be a pro. It's important, I think, to note that you've created the single most valuable and the largest resource for mobile bar owners on the planet. And it is not actually Mobile Bev Pros, right? So Mobile Bev Pros is the community and it is the parent company of the Mobile Bar Academy. And Sarah, I want you to tell me a little bit more about the Academy and how it differs from just the general community of Mobile Bev Pros. Yeah, so... Mobile Bev Pros was that little Facebook group that I started back in 2017, and it was just a place to gather people. And in order to get people in there, I literally Instagram messaged random people that I'd never met and were like, hey, you do what I do. And wouldn't it be great if we all hung out in a place that we could talk about things that are mobile bar related? And of those people, 40 people actually said, yes, it would. And they joined that little founder's Facebook group. And it slowly, they started referring it to other people. And then there's actually the early days of mobile Bev pros was just me figuring it out. I'd never done this sort of thing, but there were some people that were like, no, I'm not sharing my secrets. This is the most amount of people that I want in the group. And there were some of them like, yeah, I'll help people out. And what I realized at that point was that, okay, it's only the people who are willing to help people out that I want in this community, because if we're going to gatekeep information, 
then we can't build more pros and we want to elevate the entire industry. We do it correctly and they do it wrong. We want the whole industry to be better. We want the whole industry to be elevated to the point where it's almost a no brainer for people to hire a mobile bar at their event because they know what they're doing. And so I split off the founders group died and then mobile bev pros became a thing that then created an opportunity for more and more people to join. Now, when I say more and more people, now there's 3,600 people in there. There was less than 400 people in there at the time. Like it's a little baby Facebook group, but people kept asking the same questions over and over again. And so that's me being a little Virgo brain. I'm like, well, I'll just create a thing. And then they don't have to ask Or if they do ask. Then every time someone asks, I just provide them that thing. Well, then I started to build up a number of resources and Facebook at the time had a really, there was no good place to put it. Now there's like a place where you can like upload resources and downloads, but only some, and it's not super good. And so at the time I was like, I need a place off Facebook where I can house this repository of information. And I reached out and it was going to be fairly expensive to build. And so I was like, all right, I'll do it. If people will pay for it, people said that they would pay for it. And they did. I ended up with 40 members straight out of the gate out of like under 400 and we created mobile bev pros the membership and as i created resources i would just drop it into this resource section fast forward two to three years later the resource section is so big people are now asking where do i even start and i was like great question we didn't have any good pathways or any way of organizing the information because we didn't need it when we first started so then I started realizing that now we were seeing a split between the community and members. And people were confusing, well, I'm a member of Mobile Bev Pros, the community, with I'm a member of Mobile Bev Pros, the membership. And I realized that something needed to change. I didn't want people to feel like to be a member of the community, you had to be a paying member, because I did want there to be a community outside of the membership. But I also wanted people who were in the membership to easily know what was available to them. That's when the Mobile Bar Academy was born. And the Mobile Bar Academy officially launched in January of 2022. We then relaunched in July of 2022 to a brand new platform. It's searchable. It's beautiful. It has audio for courses. It's like slick, gorgeous, and a lot of time and love went into that. But there is the Academy and then there's Mobile Bev Pros is, as you said, the parent company. We do a lot of things out of Mobile Bev Pros. We host live events. We do challenges. We have calculators for purchase that people can embed in their website. There's all sorts of things that Mobile Bev Pros does. And then the Mobile Bar Academy is where all of our lessons and our resources, all of that good stuff lives. Yeah. So mobile Bev pros like this podcast, right? That's one of the resources that is offered for free. The blog, which is oftentimes these podcasts in transcription form, but it also contains other information. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff that goes into MBP. So MBA as an academy is really a start to finish to get you to multiple six figures a year. So if I'm a hobbyist, Literally, I'm just starting out. Maybe I don't even have a rig. Actually, you touch on the fact that a rig's not necessarily even needed. And so maybe I'm building my first satellite bar. You start at the very beginning and you walk me through potentially what is a year-long journey to multiple six figures or to my first six figures even in 
having a successful mobile bar that is operating legally and is operating above board and is a staple in the community, right? Yeah, actually, I oftentimes, if I get one-on-one coaching clients that come to me a little bit later in their journey and they're, they've stalled out, they're like, I've been doing this for eight, 10 months, 24 months. I'm not scaling like I want. I don't have the visibility that I want. I take them all back to the beginning. <laughs> take them all back to the very first module in the academy. And I say, we start here. Because oftentimes what they've missed is the very beginning foundational pieces of starting a mobile bar. And we go from there. And it might look like doing informational interviews, for example, which a lot of people skip. But you do an informational interview after you've been in business for 24 months, you probably will figure out or find out that what people want from you isn't what you've been offering them. But you wouldn't have known unless you had asked them, right? And so once those people go through the informational interviews, they come back, they're usually, they have a new spark. They have a new product. They know now what they need to do in order to get more sales because they have figured out what it is that they were originally missing. So that's one example, but yeah. So the whole design of the mobile bar Academy is a roadmap of getting you from starting a mobile bar to I'm now booking six figures every year. And the six figures is a magical number, not just because that's what every other business coach throws around, but our industry is fairly expensive to execute and to own. Like people get into the mobile bar industry because I think they think that the startup costs are fairly inexpensive comparatively, but the margins aren't as high as other industries. And so if you're making six figures with a 50% profit margin, which is an astounding profit margin, you're only taking home 50 grand. (laughs) And then you got to pay the taxes to the government and everything else. So you really have to be making six figures in top line sales to have this be a full-time gig that's supporting you in your life's endeavors. So for me, if you're a pro, you're making at least six figures in top line sales and you're bringing home probably around 50% of that, maybe a little bit less to start with. But with a little bit of time, we can get people to that 50% profit margin. I love that you mentioned that oftentimes you get one-to-one clients who are missing the foundational elements. Maybe they've been in business for even a year or more, and they're just not seeing the results that they really want and that they know that their business is capable of. I love that you're highlighting that those foundational elements exist in the Mobile Bar Academy, because oftentimes what we see is people coming in and they're not marketing their mobile bar properly. Because a lot of times, a great example of this is that you buy a marketing course online and it's not built specifically for mobile bars. And so it looks a lot different than what is required for the success of a mobile beverage company. Whereas These courses that are out there now are telling you, you need to be posting on Instagram every day. You need to be showing up in reels. You need to be showing up on Facebook. Your approach is so much different and it's so much more efficient in that it creates real results really quickly. And we've seen this with the people who went through the Achieve Group program where they were constantly posting on social media and they were really only being followed on Instagram by other mobile bars. And so other mobile bars are not booking you. We need to be relevant to the brides. And where are the brides? Well, they're probably on Pinterest. We need to be relevant to the corporate buyers. And where are the corporate buyers? Well, they're not scrolling Instagram looking for a mobile bar. In fact, they're probably working from word of mouth 
they're calling venues. And so you've been really thorough in what actually creates success for a mobile beverage business. And that does not look like marketing for any other business. And all of that information is in the academy. And so not only can it benefit you if you're just starting out, it can also benefit you if you've been in business for a while and you're just not seeing those results, the results that you really want. And that leads me to my next question, which is you had mentioned on Instagram and it went crazy that I really only have 18 to 24 months to get my stuff together and get this thing off the ground. And so if I'm not seeing multiple six figures or at least six figures in the first 18 to 24 months, that's the death of me in my mobile beverage business. Is that true? Can you elaborate? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. And this is actually piggybacks off of the six figure mark, right? Also real quick, People who start mobile bar businesses generally aren't seasoned, experienced, expert entrepreneurs. I always call this the gateway business because people get into mobile bars for a number of different reasons. I get a lot of teachers and nurses who are like super burned out in their particular industry of service and they want something more fun, more creative, where like brides are in pretty dresses and venues are stunning and they get to help people plan the best day of their lives, which I totally get, especially if you're a teacher or a nurse and like you're used to seeing people on like their worst days, like you want something where you're spending time with people on their best days. So they're coming in with this completely different set of skills. I don't expect those people to come in knowing what like a PL is and how to price packaging and services and how to create an entire end-to-end -end visibility strategy. Like these are things that it has taken me decades to learn. I have two advanced business degrees. These are things I have committed myself into learning. Not everybody has. And so when you look at the academy, don't look at it and be like, oh, that mobile bar owner who then wrote down everything that she knows and from running her own mobile bar and created this academy. No, this is 25, 30 years of reading ferociously from the time I was very young into working in senior leadership, being a pro and expert in leadership development, actually spending time learning how to educate adults, which is a little different than educating children, being my own entrepreneur and putting my own money in the game going through the process of getting two advanced business degrees and then refining and refining and refining what's in there. And Emily will actually tell you what's in there is not what was in there before. I continue to improve and I continue to anything that I'm like, oh, that could be better. I will, I'll go back and change. So a lot of other marketing courses out there, and this is a little bit of a critique I have against some of the creators out there, the educators, they create something and then they call it evergreen and they're like, it's passive income now. It just lives there and I will sell it and resell it and resell it. And, and for as long as time, I've bought some things that literally from 2007 from people and I'm like, yeah, some of that's still relevant, but the rest of it, like it's a little outdated. The mobile bar Academy is not out. This is my baby. And it's, I'm dedicated and committed for it being the number one place in the world for people who are trying to start a mobile bar. And that's not going to happen if I'm resting on my laurels and I'm just not someone that does that anyways. But the result of all of that is the mobile bar Academy. So the 18 to 24 month piece is like when you first start a bar or when you first start a business, you've got a ton of passion. You've even got probably a little bit of money to burn on it. How long though? How long are you willing to let that thing bleed money before you're like, all right, I got to go do something that's actually going to pay me back. And from my own observations of the industry, 18 to 24 months is that mark. So if you're not making six figures within the first 18 to 24 months, you will sell that thing in my Facebook group.
You just will. I'll see it. I'll see it happen. There have been very few people that have sold their mobile bars at that stage that have been profitable, 100% profitable. There are some people I've seen sell their bars after that because they're moving on to bigger and better things, but that's usually around the three to five year mark. So after the 24 mark, if you're making six figures, you give it another year of growth before you almost want to tap out. You're like, I'm too busy. I'm burned out. I have not scaled to the point where I can then wear my CEO crown and step back and just run this baby. It is running me, right? That's some Hierophant reverse energy right there. And so we then see them either want to tap out or we see them wanting to scale meaning opening another city or adding a licensee or something like that. So around three to five years, people are ready for that next step or they want out from under it and not for, and not because it's unprofitable. They want out from under it because it's so busy and so successful that they're like, I want to do this and I want to make this kind of money, but doing something that's a little bit easier. That's what she was talking about today. You're just buying yourself a job. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Why would you stop working for someone else who's probably paying you more than you're paying yourself and probably offering you benefits to buy yourself a job that then you become a slave to? We don't want that. We don't teach that in the academy. And so can you give us some examples of people who have indeed turned this into a Goliath where they can actually take a vacation, where they can actually let their team run the thing and they can step back and take on other endeavors? So I have one of my one-on-one coaching clients right now. She is for the first time all summer, currently on a camping trip. She has two weddings and a giant ass corporate event this weekend, and she will not be anywhere near it. She's also a multi six figure entrepreneur that when she first started working with me was a little bit of a control freak. If I'm going to be honest, nobody could do it like her. Does any of this sound familiar? The reality is that if you're building a business wherein you are the single point of failure, it's a hobby. That's so important. Releasing control is the pivotal piece to scaling your business. And Sarah, you have experience with being a bit of a control freak. Yeah. I'm a Virgo. And and to be fair, I'm still a control freak. But the difference being is that I now control systems instead of the entire process. Yeah. And you actually sold your mobile bar. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience, about how that went down for you? What inspired you to leave it and where you're at now? So I am an example of one of those people that get to the three to five year mark and that either want to scale it or shut it down. Now, part of it is because I was running two very successful businesses simultaneously, and they were both multi-six figure. Now, anyone else that has been in the entrepreneurial business arena can say, well, you can have two multi-six figure businesses and run them simultaneously. Look at Elon Musk. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. That is something that like is possible. However, I was no longer getting the internal spark for Bar Magnolia, but I was for Mobile Bev Pros. So anytime I had the opportunity to spend time on one versus the other, I picked Mobile Bev Pros every single time. And so that for me was a good indication that Bar Magnolia needed new people to love her. And that's why I sold her. Now, I was able to sell her for over six figures with a profit margin of over 50% to the new owners 
because I had done all the work of building the foundation and making her scalable. I had already all the work. She was visible, profitable, scalable, had plenty of tech involved. She had a great reputation of being dependable and she was set up to be fully legal. So she had all the foundational pillars of being a professional bar company, which then enabled me to sell her someone else to step in and take it. She's living a very good life. I have other examples of people who right around the five, six year mark chose to keep their bar, but then leveled up. So a great example, if you've listened to the podcast previously, I had Bobby Greenewalt from B&B Beverage Management. He, at six years strong, got into festivals. Now, festivals are a whole other ballgame, but they're big money and you can really scale if you can get them. And so there's opportunity for people to branch out once they've hit a certain level of stability into new things. I've seen people start franchises with their mobile bars. HubTap is an example of people who started their bar, realized, hey, we could do this all over the country, and then formalize their processes to a point where they could then franchise it out. And that's the other thing is that not everybody who starts a business wants to continue to run that business forever. And so if you are one of those mobile bar owners that this was fun, but now it's a chore, just know that as long as you've done the work of setting it up to be a professional company that checks all the boxes that I've already talked about on this podcast, someone else out there will buy it because they don't want to go through the startup process. They don't want to have to be the one that designs the processes, gets the bar, the visibility, builds the reputation, creates the brand. They don't want that. There are two different types of people in this world. There are people who are creators and there are the people that are integrators. And I think that's from a book. I can't remember which one that is. I think it's E-Myth Revisited that talk about the two different types of people. Anywho, if you are a creator or a visionary and you build this company and then you want to tap out don't just shut it down, please, for the love of God. I've talked to people who are like, yeah, I was making great money, but I was burnt out. So I just shut it down. Ah, don't do that. Sell that baby. Someone will buy all of that, all of that like momentum that you had taken the time to create. Yeah, no shame in being honest with yourself about where you are. If something no longer lights you up, it's no longer something that you're passionate about and that you want to be investing your time, your energy and your money into, then it's best to start looking at alternatives and what better alternative than to sell if you're in a really good place to do that. So Sarah, I've been with you for gosh, over a year and a half now through some real challenges and wins and to just name a few things like pricing to attending all of your office hour Q&A, I've been to my first camp and so on. And some of the most valuable information that I consumed from you and MVP is things that go beyond the bar. So things like mindset, imposter syndrome, you introduced me to profit first, learning how to let go of control and be able to scale like you and Dom just mentioned. And I think if I could go back and had consumed some of that content earlier on in my journey, I could have avoided definitely some tears, but also dollars. And it's all hard for me to pinpoint exactly what, but I want to ask you, what are some of those early beyond the bar things that you recommend new mobile bar owners or even seasoned mobile bar owners dive into for their personal growth? That's a really great question. A lot of times people become entrepreneurs because they come to a scenario in their lives that push them to the place of wanting to control their source of revenue. 
more so than any other reason. So I'll tell you my personal story it was that I was eight weeks postpartum with my second baby and I was making the plan to go back to work and I was laid off and I was pissed. I was pissed. I was like, I have a new baby. I have a family that I support. I was the breadwinner. And I just decided in that moment, I will never be in a position where someone else has control over what I make and how much I take home every day. So for me, entrepreneurship started from a place of desire to have control over my own finances. And I've talked to a lot of people where that's also their story. And that requires stepping out of the role of employee and into the role of CEO. And that's one of the reasons why I'm continuously referencing put your CEO hat on because you're thinking with your employee hat right now. And it comes from a different place. When you're an employee, you're waiting for someone to tell you what to do. When you're an employee, you're waiting for permission. And there is no permission in the business owner world. You just have to claim it over and over again. And let me tell you, if you don't have someone in your pocket who you can talk to regularly to get you out of your own head, find that person and make them your best friend. And maybe you have to pay them. Mentors for like for business, they are worth their weight in gold. And the reason being is that this game is mostly mindset. Everything pricing is mindset. Value is mindset. Like I could sell ice to an Eskimo for things that don't directly involve me. But the minute you put my name on her, it's mine. I'm over here going, nobody wants it. I don't know that anybody values this. And it's a mindset game and it doesn't go away. It doesn't. And I personally believe there's a reason for that. If you come at business from a humble place of wanting to be of service, you will always want to be of more service and never feel enough. So find someone who can remind you that the crown is on your head, that you are the CEO and that you are in control. You don't need permission to do anything. You get to show up exactly as you want. You get to charge whatever you want. That's the whole game. And I'm constantly reminding people, Tiffany sells an $800 paperclip. Tiffany can sell an $800 paperclip because people are buying an $800 paperclip. Are there one cent paperclips out there? There absolutely are. So there's room in this industry for everybody to do everything, at every price point, as long as one, you believe in yourself enough to charge that. And two, you find people who believe in you enough to pay that. And that's all a mindset game. So I think, honestly, there's nothing I can tell people that will fix that mindset forever. That is an ongoing journey and something that will constantly need to be reminded to people, which is why it's so important, I think, to have coaches and mentors. And I know a lot of people out there now start to use like coaches in parentheses because everyone calls themselves a coach. I don't care if they call themselves your neighbor. Find someone who you can call whenever you're starting to doubt yourself so they can remind you of how amazing you are. And I would just add on to that in my experience with mindset is that it's equally important to stop calling people who tear you down because a lot of us want to call mom and sometimes mom is our number one cheerleader and super excited for those people. For the people whose mom is not their number one cheerleader can relate. Stop calling mom. Call her for other things. You need help baking cookies. Groovy. You want to go into business and mom has a scarcity mindset. Don't call mom or your best friend who's maybe a little bit and I say best friend with like quotation marks, who's maybe a little bit jealous because they still work a nine to five that they hate. Stop calling that person. Really, I think entrepreneurship forces us to up level our boundaries 
our relationships and our social circles, our community, all of that, because we have to start looking at who am I hanging out with that's tearing me down and who am I hanging out with that's building me up. And then we have to make those pivotal choices to start placing our time and our energy into people, places, and things that are supporting us. And even investing in yourself in mindset work or in spirituality or whatever avenue you choose to support you in where you want to go. A lot of people like manifestation. That's a hot one right now. Whatever it is, invest in the things that make you feel good, the things that make you feel worthy, and the things that make you feel like you can succeed, you will succeed, and that you're worthy of succeeding. And stop investing your time, energy, and money into people, places, and things that rob you of those. I love that. And entrepreneurship will never be comfortable, ever. It will never be comfortable. If you've gotten to a place where you're comfortable in entrepreneurship, you're not growing. Entrepreneurship is uncomfortable because it's constantly pushing you outside of your comfort zone because, and this is like a thing that everybody says, but what got you here won't get you there. And so wherever you're sitting, the minute you're like, okay, this feels good, then you become stagnant and you need to push yourself further, which is why, as John said, like your boundaries will constantly be pushed. And the other thing about who you call is a recognition that people who love you a lot will oftentimes allow you to bow out of things, not because they don't believe in you, but because they will always be there for you. And like a great example was the conversation that we just had before this podcast recording, wherein I wanted to back out of something and Dawn was like, no. And I'm like, but I'm uncomfortable. And she's like, oh, well. And no offense to you, Emily, because you supported me in a totally different way. You're like, I'm here for you. If you want to cancel, we can make this work. But you did that out of love, just like someone else that you might be calling and asking for their support. It's because they love you. They want you to know, no matter what happens, I'm here for you. We will do this. We got this. Like, I'm your ride or die. I'm here for you no matter what. And so it's important to have both types of people in your life. I just happen to be lucky enough to have both on the same call at the same time. If you have that friend who's always going to be there for you and it's going to be like, hey, no worries. Whatever happens, we got this. You then should call the person who is constantly pushing you outside your comfort zone and then sit with them both until you figure out what feels right. And that's the journey. That's the journey, right? Know who's in your team and when to use the people on your team. And you can't just always have the person supporting you, but you also can't always just call the person challenging you because then you're like, I don't know, I'm constantly doing things and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. So definitely make sure you've got multiple people in your corner. Yeah. And some of those people want to keep you safe. People can only see things from their own perspectives. And I used mom as an example earlier. Mom may have learned at a very early age through trauma or patterns in her life that it's unsafe to take risks. And so she was constantly telling you, be safe on the monkey bars. And because you were always terrified, because mom was always like panicking about monkey bars, you never actually learned to hang from the monkey bars. I can speak from personal experience on that. I have zero upper body strength and I'm going to blame that on mom. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but those people are trying to keep you safe and they can only see things from their own perspectives. And so you have to remember when you're taking advice and you really want to be an industry leader, look around you and ask yourself, am I taking advice from someone right now who's in the position that I want to be in? Because if they're not, potentially their vision is limited in a way that's not serving you right then. Now, if your goal is to be safe, 
then you should call the person who makes you feel safe. But if your goal is expansion and doing new things, then you definitely want to be calling the person who is going to be pushing you. And Sarah said it is important to have both because one thing that I know to be true as someone who pushes people for a living, people can become really resentful. It's really easy for people to become resentful to the person who's always constantly pushing them if they don't have that balance. Because life is a dance. Sometimes you want to be pushed. And sometimes it's important to go back to your safety zone. Because if you're not, you might end up in fight or flight. You might end up with some anxiety because you're not allowing yourself that space to relax and be safe in what you've already created before moving on to that next big expansion. Yeah. I love this conversation because if you want knowledge about starting a mobile bar, then you want the mobile bar Academy. If you want to be pushed to the next level of your business, the Academy is probably not going to do that. It might show you how to do it, but it's not going to push you there. That's what coaching is for. And if you love Don's pushing, we have group coaching containers in which Don gets to do all the pushing. And if you want your mom, then you call your mom. Apparently, then you call Emily and she'll tell you it'll be okay. Emily's the mother card. It wasn't you, Dawn. It was Emily. Oh, I see. And I really love the reflection for those who are potentially further along in their business. If we haven't lost them on the podcast already by talking about some of the newer, the stuff that happens early on in the business, the importance and the difference between going through the academy versus going through intensive coaching and or intensive mentorship or alchemizing, right? Those are all really awesome things that we have resources for, but they're one-to-one resources because at that level, there is no one-size-fits-all information. And that's one of the things that I love about the work that I do is that it's so intensive that it really requires my eyes on your life and your business and hearing what you have to say about your own beliefs, your own cycles and what got you here and where you want to go. And that's also why it's so pivotal when you get to that level to have Sarah's eyes on your business, because Sarah is going to be pushing you to that next level. And there's just not a way to capture that in a lesson format, one size fits all format. And yeah, I love that expansion. Yeah. I also really love, even just for myself, the reframing that the Academy can't be all things to all people. It can only hold the knowledge and like we can spoon feed the knowledge to people through things like the challenges and that sort of thing. But even then coaching the impact and the challenges that you saw today, Emily, like the impact where people's eyes are like, well, it's because I'm pushing. It's because I'm being controversial. It's because I'm saying when you weren't charging this, then you've got a hobby. You don't get that in a lesson. You know what I mean? And so that's the difference between the academy and being able to engage with people outside of the academy. After your tangent, I wanted to say, call now for a free (laughs) (laughs) for a free kick for your one-on-one coaching (laughs) this has been an awesome conversation sarah did you have anything that you wanted to give us to just wrap this up i want to let people know that despite the fact that mobile bev pros has grown from a tiny little 40 person facebook group into a 3600 member Facebook group and an academy with over 200 mobile bar owners at any given point, then we also have big plans for the future. And we're not stopping. We're building the team. Emily's the newest member. And we're doing that so that we can 
start to do really cool and really fun things for the industry as a whole. We put out a cocktail book almost two years ago. I want to do a keg cocktail book. I've already talked to Matt Maroon, the industry expert on kegged cocktails about bringing that to life. We're starting to do more in-person intensive workshops so that we can really get into the communities of, of mobile bar owners from around the country so that we can get some real face time with the community as a whole. In-person events are really fantastic. Now seems like a great time to highlight how that's different than like a community building activity because the one day events that you've started hosting are not networking events, like similar to camp. Anybody who's been to camp, those are phenomenal. You get high level information and you get to network. But these one day intensives that you started doing, first of all, are going off without a hitch because they are your eyes on someone's business. And so they're really intensive. They're really intimate and that you keep those groups really small so that you can dive into each person's individual business. And people are just raving about them. All the pros that came, to DC, we're absolutely in love. We're doing Dallas next, depending on when you're listening to this, th those might've been way in the past, but we're doing Dallas uh, September, 2022. And they're just the most epic opportunity for people to have your eyes and your expertise in their business to get them to success even faster. And then I know you're doing VIP sessions also, right? Yeah, so VIP sessions are my absolute fave. They're three hour intensives, one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two. If you wanna bring your partner, I'm totally cool with that too. We take a thing, whether it's pricing and packaging, visibility, whatever it is, we go super deep. We build out a strategy within those three hours specific to your business whatever resources, tools are necessary, also provided. And then you get two weeks of follow-up in Voxer with me. So if you have more questions or you want to be pushed outside your comfort zone or your boundary a little bit further, you need to be reminded why you're doing a thing, I'm there for you. And then it's a container that is three hours plus two weeks. It's not a long-term commitment. A lot of times people are like, well, I don't know about long-term coaching. That's really fine. We can make a ton of impact in your business in a fairly short amount of time. Matter of fact, you'd be amazed how much we get done in three hours. I'm always amazed. And those things, I always get out of those three, three hour sessions, just feeling like I'm like on fire. They're so delicious and people make such incredible breakthroughs. So yeah, VIP intensives are one of the ways that I show up for the community. We also have the group coaching. That's evergreen. If you're ever interested in getting in a group container with Dawn, myself, and Emily, then the group coaching is always available. Just reach out. And then we have the academy. Live events are sporadic based on when our schedules allow, but they're so much fun when they do happen. And yeah, we will just continue to do fun things like multi-day challenges and more podcasts all sorts of goodies. So many ways to support the community. This has been absolutely awesome, Sarah. And again, thank you for letting me interview you on our second round. I hope that we do more of these because I love extracting all this gold from you. And Emily, we're so excited to have you on the team. And yeah, that's what we have today. Thank you. Awesome. We'll do this again soon. And that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was valuable. I would love to hear from you what you thought. You can drop me a line at hello at mobilebevpros.com or find me on Instagram at mobilebevpros. If you're looking for more valuable mobile bar related content, we have a website full of it. You can find us at www.mobilebevpros.com. And I'd love to see you in our Facebook community, also by the name of, you guessed it, Mobile Bev Pros. 
Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, cheers.